This is Positive Parenting. Parenting expertise and advice from best-selling parenting author and national newspaper columnist, Mr. Dad, Armin Brott. Hello and welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, founder of MrDad.com, and very happy that you're here with us today. One of the greatest gifts that parents can bestow on their children is a happy childhood. But that's sort of a fuzzy phrase. What exactly does happy childhood mean, and what does it take to raise well-adjusted children? Well, the simple answer, of course, is good parenting. But that raises a whole other fuzzy question. What is that? Well, after studying the good, the bad, and the ugly in relationships between thousands of parents and their kids, experts, one of whom is going to be a guest on today's show, have found that the most important factor successful families have in common is a spirit of cooperation. Cooperative children pay attention. They follow rules and work and play well with others. With siblings and peers, they share, they take turns in their good sports, whether they win or lose. With adults, parents, teachers, and coaches, cooperative children willingly follow directions. Now, willingness is an essential distinction here. It's one thing when children behave out of fear of being punished, it's quite another thing when they actually want to follow your direction and get along with others rather than argue, refuse, and create conflicts. Cooperation, which most kids are eager to learn, opens new dimensions of family life. In fact, it's the secret sauce that makes parenting a joy. And it all starts right after this. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brat after this. From the MrDad.com radio network. Peekaboo. Peekaboo. Smile. Smile, buddy. Come on. Smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah. Maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby. I think his gums hurt. Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Hello and welcome to Positive Parenting. I'm Armin Brott, the founder of MrDad.com. And my guest for this part of today's show is Marion Forgatch, who is one of three authors of a book called Raising Cooperative Kids, Proven Practices for a Connected, Happy Family. Marion, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how you're defining a cooperative kid and whether there's a difference between cooperative and compliant or obedient? Well, the words probably mean something the same thing. That is, when you give kids directions, they, they tend to follow them. And uh, cooperative, though, brings in a spirit of willing, willingness, um, a sense of we're all part of a team and we're working together 
it takes more than the kid to create a cooperative spirit. I mean, the parents play an important role in this. Yeah, well, the willingness part is essential. I mean, you could, as you, you talk about in the book, there's a difference between doing something because you're afraid of being punished, which would be compliant or obedient, and doing it because you're cooperating, because you're willing to do it on your own. You, this is something that you are an active participant in. Right. Okay. All right. So how how do we go about starting to ha- raise a cooperative child? Well, it starts early on, and but, but the book is really geared more towards parents of from toddler stage up through the tween stage. Um, but it starts with how you communicate with your kids. Um, you communicate with words, with actions, with nonverbal expressions. And uh, when you give them directions about, say, pick up your shoes now, please, you can do it in so many different ways that... Um, you can generate a spirit of cooperativeness if you say it the way I just did, or if you say, pick up your shoes now. <laughs> and so uh, the book really talks about how parents can create an atmosphere, an environment, and use strategies that tend to elicit a cooperative spirit in their kids. Can you give us another example of a uh the way that we ought to do it or not do it, all of a sudden the, the words goofus and gallant <laughs> popped into my mind from <laughs> highlights. But, you know, that that sort of thing. I mean, you know, the way that it, it that we may tend to do it and the way that it probably should be done that would produce better results. Well, uh, we, we have a whole chapter on um, giving good or clear directions, and that's one of the ways that we blow it the most as parents. We're stressed out, and we give an irritable direction like I just did. Or we're in a hurry, so we shout up the stairs or across the house. Get over here. We're in a hurry. Don't you realize we're late? Whereas uh, if I were to walk up to my child, it would take a little extra time for me to, to make the effort to walk up to my child and say, put my hand on his shoulder or look in his face and say, Eric, it's time to go now. Let's go. It takes a little extra time, but I probably would have to shout at Eric six times to get him to come if I did it the first way. And what is it about that you think makes a difference? Is it that that you're actually there face-to-face and it's harder to ignore you right to your face? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, And one of the strategies we have in giving clear directions is when you give the direction, you do what we call stand and hold. And that is, you just wait silently with a pleasant expression on your face until the child starts to move. And it's, that is one of the most effective aspects of that is the stand and hold. Although it's, I think, also the hardest thing for parents to do. Yeah. I mean, it, without saying anything. That's the other piece right. of it, right? Yeah, because I and mean... Not getting a, uh, not getting a frown on your face. Well, the temptation is to say things over and over and over again, and I mean, it's, I, I imagine you're not advocating that. No, and the child is likely to argue. Well, why are you standing there? Or I'll do it in a minute. I'll do it. Stop it. 
and and the temptation is to respond to the child, and then you're into an argument, and he who gets or she who gets the last blow wins. Meaning what exactly? The last aversive or the last negative part of the interchange. That's that's a big portion of our approach is avoiding coercive interactions, interactions that are negative, that tend to escalate and get out of control. And you talk about accentuating the positive, which... Yes. So how does that work? Well, one one of the phrases that um, we like to use is shine the light on what you want to grow. And so teaching through encouragement as opposed to through punishment and correction. Have you experienced being taught through correction and punishment? Oh, probably, yeah. (laughs) I think most of us have. Um, But teaching through encouragement means that you set your kids up for success and you observe to find out what kinds of things are stumbling blocks for them that might be easy for some kids but hard for this particular child and that stumbling block you need to break down into steps that are small enough that your child is able to successfully navigate them and then notice and encourage either with words praise or tokens or rewards depending on depending on um, the difficulty of the task okay so you've got a, an example in the book about Kristen, your five-year-old daughter, who's been having a bad day, and uh, you're in the kitchen unloading the dishwasher, and she's having a bowl of cereal, then she drops a bowl in the sink, basically. And it makes a bunch of noise, but it doesn't break. And so you're saying that she, the, the natural parenting reaction might be to criticize her, to say, yeah, yeah, drop that right. thing, can't you... Can't you keep a you know a hold on the bowl, or you almost broke that? So, what's the the alternative there? Is it what, thank what, you what so did. much? Yeah, what what she did was she picked up the bowl and she tried to do what you would like her to do, which is to put it in the sink. Now, if you notice that, then it it, it encourages her to do it in the future. Whereas if she did that and you criticize her, her reaction is, well, why bother to do that? Yeah, I'm just going to get criticized. Yeah. No, I can can see that. It's very easy to be critical, and we all do it. And when we're stressed or in a rush, that's when we tend to do it the most. Well, so here's the the million-dollar question. How do you... Take that extra breath when you're stressed and you're in a hurry and allow yourself or force yourself, I guess might be better, to do something differently than what you would ordinarily do. That's the hardest part, it seems to me, is to be able to to stop for one second or 10 seconds and do something differently. Exactly. So um, one of the, there's a couple of, there's a couple of things. One is to think about what is my goal? For example, with the shoes that are in the middle of the floor that you just tripped over and you're in a hurry and you drop stuff because you tripped over those shoes that shouldn't have been there, do you want the shoes picked up 
and you want to have a pleasant evening with your kid, if that's your goal, then you go, okay, cool down. <laughs> what do I want? What do I want? I want the shoes picked up. How do I do that? Oh, that's right. I go up to him and I say, Eric, pick up your shoes now, please. <laughs> now, it takes an effort. And one of the things, one of the chapters in the book is about uh, emotion regulation. And um, that's a chapter well worth reading and that our parents particularly <laughs> tend to yeah. enjoy that aspect. Marion Forgatch is one of three authors. The other two are Gerald Patterson and Tim Friend. And the book is called Raising Cooperative Kids, Proven Practices for a Connected, Happy Family. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're, of course, going to keep talking to Marion about cooperation and connected happy families and how the how we can make that happen but I also want to f- focus exactly on what she was just talking about or just about to talk about which was regulation of emotions. Psst. Yeah, you, it's me, your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious and yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, You're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Get ready for more positive parenting with Armin Brott from the MrDad.com radio network. Welcome back to Positive Parenting. If you're just joining us, talking with Marion Forgatch, who's the author of Raising Cooperative Kids, Proven Practices for a Connected, Happy Family. So let's do talk about that, emotions that you mentioned before. Okay. Um, So there's two parts to paying attention to emotions. One is to recognizing your own, and one is to recognizing your kids' emotions. And most of us parents tend to be immersed in our own emotional state and tend to notice that 
say if I'm angry and shouting at my child, my child's reaction may be fear, or it may be guilt, or it may be sadness, but it may not be what mine is. So it's important for us to recognize the impact that our emotions have on our kids and also to notice our kids' emotional states so that we can join them in it and help them deal with them effectively. Okay, give us an example. You Take us through a scenario where, where this is playing out. Well, let's see. Um, my, my kid is... My kid is upset about something, and and I'm in a hurry, and um, so I I notice that my kid is upset, but I'm on my way out the door, and I don't really want to deal with it. So I may just kind of flick him off when I could really be more sympathetic and take a little bit extra time and respond. Okay. And does that involve just being aware of the child, your child's emotions and your own emotions, or actually addressing something? I can oh. I can see that you're feeling frustrated or something like that. One of the things that I did uh, years and years and years ago was I learned um, the facial action coding system that was developed by Ekman and Friesen. And then uh, further adopted and adapted by John Gottman, in which you learn to read by indicators emotion, emotional expression. And actually, I put some indicators of emotions in the book so parents will have some cues of what 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 things their kids are doing, what it might be, what they might be feeling. Okay. That sounds like the, the work. I, I think you said Ekman, was that it? Yeah, Ekman. Yeah, I think he was uh, one of the, the inspiration for a, a TV show a couple of years ago called Lie right, to Me. That's right, Lie to Me. Lie to Me, <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, there actually for a while was an online course that you could do while that show was on the air during that during that time, a couple of years, I think they did two or three seasons. Uh, you could do that. There was, um, I remember going, I didn't do the whole course, but I did kind of the trial things where you're supposed to, they give you four or five different facial expressions and you're supposed to say which one it is. It's it's harder than it might seem. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. But so, it's also, it also helps you recognize your own feelings. Sometimes when, one of my favorite um, mixed up feelings is the fear biter. That, You've seen it in little dogs that come out barking at you, yeah. wah, 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 oh, and yeah. you stomp your foot, and they run away going, <laughs> but they put on a front of anger and aggression when they're really feeling afraid, and we do that a lot, both as parents and our kids do that, and it really is helpful once you get that sense of what a fear biter is doing. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me get back to something here, which I think is an important, another distinction. We were talking about distinctions between cooperation and uh, compliance or obedience, but where do you draw the line between bribery and incentives? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Incentives are, it's kind of like the contract that you have with somebody. If you do this, you earn that. And kids, um, 
kids learn to earn incentives as they're developing new behavioral skills. So bribing is um, usually involves something illegal uh, and something not or not a good thing to do. And it's not really a learning kind of approach. It's getting somebody to do something that they may not want to do in the first place. Now, incentives also get people to do things that they don't want to do in the first place, maybe like um, clean their room. But it says what you need to do in order to clean your room, and it's set up as an agreement in advance between parents and kids. The more you engage your kids in this sort of thing, the more um, a spirit of of cooperation emerges. And then on the other side of that, you talked at the very beginning about punishment. Do you have something along there? If you're, if you're offering incentives to encourage somebody to clean the room, for example, do we also talk about, all right, look, if you don't get the room clean by a certain point, that X, Y, Z is going to happen, and then you get them to help come up with what those things are? Or is yeah. that, do we leave that off? No, we, no, we have we have a whole set of uh, negative consequences for uh, specified problem behaviors. Um, the smallest one, well, I don't know if it's the smallest one. It's timeout. Um, and by the way, Jerry Patterson, the co-author in this book, is one of the initial developers of timeout uh, for families. Um, timeout, which is five minutes of being in a quiet place. This is for kids five and up. Um, and if the kid doesn't go, which often happens, you add one minute at a time till you get to 10 minutes. And at 10 minutes, the child has one last choice, go to timeout for 10 minutes, or you lose a, privri- a privilege. So privilege removal is yet another um, phase in the negative consequence Um, set, and that can be for small things or for large things, like a five-minute work chore Mm -hmm. um, or a 30-minute work chore, depending on what the situation is, and fines. Fines? Mm Mm-hmm. Financial Um, fines? Like, in our house, it was a quarter, a swear word. (laughs) Okay. Actually, one of our kids one time came in, laid a $5 bill down on the <laughs> table, and gave it to me. <laughs> and I picked up the $5 bill, and I went out and got myself a coffee. <laughs> That's very good. But see, there now there's a, a question. I mean, the kids at some point learn to game the system, and they learn... I think, you know, they're very clever. They they understand if you've given them something for the express purpose of having something to take away later. You know, they, they learn not to place a whole lot of value on that thing. You mean they earned the $5 and then you took it away? Well... Or, or, actually, I think in this case, the $5 was spent. We, in, in our, in our um, incentive approach, we never take away something the kid earned. What do you mean by that? So if um, if the child 
cleaned his bedroom and earned a certain amount of allowance for it, then no matter what else he may have done, he's he's got that coming. Or if she um, washed the dishes and um, therefore it gets to stay up 15 minutes or, or 30 minutes later, okay. even if okay. she blows it, she gets that 30 minutes. No, that's great. That's a really, really important distinction. I think people need to need to be aware of that one. Marion Forgatch is the co-author with Gerald Patterson and Tim Friend of Raising Cooperative Kids, Proven Practices for a Connected, Happy Family. Marion, thank you very much for being on the show. Very nice to have you. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. More with Mr. Dad, Armin Brott, after this. From the MrDad.com radio network. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to ditch the car and start rollerblading to work. I look ridiculous. You look ridiculous! You don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your organs on the black market. Lie back. This is going to hurt. Yeah, that hurts. You don't need to rent out your apartment to drifters. I made a fire with the wood in your bedroom. That's my dresser! And your closet door. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell all your belongings and live in a commune. These dungarees belong to all of us now, Tom. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hey there, welcome back to Positive Parenting. I'm Armand Brott, and it's time for a Parents at Play segment. You know, whether you're putting together a puzzle or building a tower, looking for a new job, or just hanging out with your kids, life is really all about connections. This week, we review a bunch of ways that you and your family can use physical connections to build stronger emotional ones. Brackets, driver set from brackets. As much as we love traditional building block-based systems, we're delighted at the ongoing trend toward more open-ended systems with unique pieces and ways of connecting them. Brackets, with a Z at the end, is one of the best, and they keep getting better. The new driver set comes with 43 pieces and directions for building 10 driving machines. Brackets kits are great for individual and collaborative play or for building spatial and engineering skills. They're for ages 3 and up. It costs under 25 bucks at Amazon and other retailers or Brackets.com. Magnaflex from Wowee, a new and completely unique system from the makers of MIP, CHIP, Koji, and other amazing robotic toys. The majority of Magnaflex pieces are shaped like bay leaves, but don't be fooled. They snap, bend, zip, stack, and stick together thanks to the encapsulated kid-safe magnets to create animals, bugs, vehicles, wearable jewelry, and just about anything else your imagination can come up with. Magnaflex kits come in a variety of themes and sizes, but the pieces are so colorful and engaging that we're betting that you and the kids will skip the instructions and start building whatever pops into your head as soon as you open the box. They're for ages 3 and up. Prices depend on the size of the kit. They're available at Toys R Us and Wowee.com. Twangled from Mindware. Twangled is a little reminiscent of Twister 
players stand in a circle, but instead of holding hands, they're connected to their neighbor by holding on to colorful, very stretchy elastic bands. Now the fun begins. Players take turns kicking, because their hands are already occupied, a spinner that instructs them to step over or under a band of a particular color. As you can imagine, the giggling starts within seconds and continues until you've gotten yourselves hopelessly tangled up. At this point, the object of the game shifts, and players have to talk each other through how to get themselves back to their untangled starting positions without letting go of the bands, of course. It's great for building visualization and problem-solving skills and is a wonderful team-building exercise since everyone has to work together to get unstuck. It's for four to eight players ages six and up. Cost under 25 bucks at mindware.orientaltrading.com. Geek and Company Chewing Gum Lab from Thames and Cosmos. Chewing gum is one of the best ways to connect two objects, after duct tape and superglue, and this chemistry-based kit gives you and your kids a great opportunity to connect with each other, literally and or figuratively, while making your own tasty gum and learning about the science of polymers. The kit comes with a 16-page manual that contains five experiments, along with all the necessary gum-related ingredients, as well as wrappers. It's for ages 8 and up, costs under 20 bucks at your favorite retailer, or at TamesAndCosmos.com. Thanks for listening to Positive Parenting. You can get more information on today's show and what we're working on in the weeks ahead at MrDad.com. While you're there, visit the MrDad.com gift shop with everything you need to help you become the dad or mom you want to be. Positive Parenting is a production of the MrDad.com radio network. Now, go be a great parent.